0: Here on another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast, thanks for tuning in to our Quick Pitch Preview Series, where I'll be giving a rundown on each of the different position groups heading into the 2023 season. These previews are designed to give you a good rundown of each of the position groups and who might be a candidate to take a step forward in each of those areas. In a short 15 to 30 minutes, you should feel like you've got a pretty good feel on where K-State stands heading into the season. So let's go ahead and get started with the first position group uh, on our quick pitch preview series. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into the quarterback position. Uh, in 2023, when it comes to K-State's quarterbacks, uh, the, the story is certainly Will Howard. And with what he did uh, coming down the stretch there uh, for K-State in, in October and November, uh, he, was, he was awesome. Uh, 15 touchdowns to four INTs, completed just under 60% of his pass, passes. And when you look at him coming in here to 2023, he's the unquestioned starter and, and leader heading into the season, uh, looking to build on a really special year uh, after coming on relief uh, to Adrian Martinez. One thing I kind of want to look at uh, when in regards to Will and, and how the K-State offense will look here in 2023 is uh, the run-pass splits. Uh, Last year, K-State was 60-40 run-to-pass, and that was with Adrian Martinez and Will Howard in there. Uh, I broke it out even into just looking at games that Will Howard played in, and it was pretty much right at that uh, 60-40 run-to-pass split. Uh, And I'll be interested to see if that's going to be the same this year. I would anticipate behind the K-State offensive line, The running game is certainly going to be a focal point. I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, with what Will's able to do, uh, passing the ball, I think K-State saw a lot more success through the air uh, with Will than they did with Adrian Martinez last year. I'll be interested to see if that uh, comes a little bit closer to 50-50 or uh, maybe even flips a little bit. So we'll see on that. I think it'll definitely be closer to 50-50, though, uh, than the 60-40 run-to-pass split. Uh, That you saw last year. Uh, He showed, you know, Will Howard last year. He kind of showed that he still had a little bit of that gunslinger approach, and uh, he's not afraid to try to fit the ball into some some tight windows. Uh, The TD to INT rate last year, as I mentioned, 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. You know, really solid there. Maybe that comes back down a little bit. He he did get a little bit lucky with some throws that maybe would normally be intercepted. Uh, but I look for him to have a really, to be really smart with the ball, uh, and, and to be very productive here. Uh, I think when you look at what Colin Klein has meant uh, to the K-State offense, I don't think there's a player that, uh, with Colin Klein becoming the offensive coordinator, I don't think there's a player that's benefited more than Will Howard. Uh, with him coming in last year, you saw how confident he was uh, in 2023. I expect with a full season. Uh, with a full offseason, with with spring and and fall camp, knowing that he's going to be the guy going into the season. uh, I expect to see another big step for Will Howard, and I'm excited to see what that next step uh, will will be for him. Let's look here at some of the potential options to back up Will Howard. Uh, And I think the top guy, when you look at – the quarterback room to be that heir apparent, I guess, uh, right away. Anyway, is Jake Rubley. He he's likely the number two entering entering in the season, and he you know a ballyhooed recruit coming out of Colorado, four star guy. And a little note here: Sylvester Stallone's nephew. So I, I don't. I think that's kind of widely known at this point. Uh, but if you don't know, uh, if you didn't know before, now you do. So uh, a little bit of an unknown still hasn't had a whole lot of game action. Uh, looked okay uh, last year against South Dakota in some kind of some mop-up duty. And then uh, more notably, possibly against TCU, where he was uh, definitely shaky when he was pushed into action. Uh, one name that I think K-State fans will be will be certainly familiar with is the name Avery Johnson, uh, the incoming uh, freshman out of Wichita, Kansas. He's the highest-rated quarterback recruit since Josh Freeman, uh, an Elite 11 guy. Uh, Potential uh, is certainly off the charts, and you'd expect to see him uh, get some action this year uh, while hoping to preserve uh, the redshirt. Of course, the four-game requirement where you're able to play in four and still keep that redshirt. If Will Howard's able to stay healthy, uh, I think that uh, you'll get to see Avery in some action uh, while still maintaining that redshirt. If Will Howard was, for for one reason or another, uh, expected to miss some time, for an extended period. I wouldn't be surprised if you do see Avery Johnson lose that red shirt and, and, and push for some more playing time. Uh, ideally he, he plays for and, and takes that red shirt. Uh, but with Avery Johnson, you're seeing a special talent, uh, a, a real dual threat guy. Maybe you see him in some packages where he's able to use uh, that speed inside the red zone. I wouldn't expect that to necessarily be the case. But uh, with his potential and his prowess as a runner, uh, certainly uh, an option for him. Uh, Adrian Lara, a uh, guy out of Goodyear, Arizona. And, you know, there's always been a lot of really positive talk about how strong his arm is. Uh, it's a crowded room, uh, of course, as I've mentioned here with, with, uh, with Rubley and, and Johnson uh, behind Will Howard. Uh it might be tough for him to find uh, enough playing time, but uh, in terms of what that means for K State, it's great to have that depth. Hopefully, you get to have a chance to see uh, Lara in some action this year. Uh, when when K State's got a, a sizable fourth quarter lead, and you get to see a little bit of him on the field. Uh, another guy that, uh, and the last guy that we're going to uh, touch on here in, in the quarterback preview, is uh, Jacob Knuth uh, out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, I know a lot of folks were really excited about uh, seeing him as a surprise transfer into K-State here this this spring, and he transfers as, after uh, redshirting just one year at Minnesota, uh, as I mentioned, out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Big frame, 6'3", 220, uh, some serious upside as an athlete. Uh, if things weren't to work out for him at quarterback, uh, has that frame that you could feel comfortable maybe adding uh, you know, another – uh, 10, 15, 20 pounds uh, as a wide receiver or a tight end. So uh, transferred here as a scholarship player from the University of Minnesota, uh, and because of, of the timing, he's actually walking on, I do believe, this season. So you, you know he's got to be excited to be at K-State, and uh, we're excited to have him for sure. So let's give a quick wrap-up here on the quarterback position group. You know, I think as strong as a quarterback group that uh, we've had here at K State for, for some time. You, you mentioned with Will Howard the experience, uh, and then with Avery Johnson, some really uh, tantalizing talent uh, with with what he can do a, as a dual threat. Jake Ruley's is a guy that came in uh, with a lot of um, with a lot of recruiting accolades. We're be excited to see him maybe have a chance uh, to see if he can ascend to the next level. But uh, in terms of just the overall talent in this room, you feel really good about where you find yourselves. Um, with Will Howard, one thing I'm going to be interested in, in seeing a little bit with him is, you know, didn't really run the ball a whole lot last year. In, in some interviews that I've heard with, with Kleiman, uh, they're not necessarily trying to uh, limit what he can do running the football. Last year, I think, was a little bit different of a case, just with Adrian Martinez's. Uh, availability in question, and then if, if Will Howard w- was to go down, then what would you really have behind him? I don't think you see him run the ball much this year in, in kind of a designed run game, but Will Howard has that big you know, 6'5", 250 frame. Uh, seeing a, a backfield of uh, him and, and DJ Giddens inside the five, that'd be an awful tough combo to stop. So I'll be interested to see if they lean a little bit more on Will in, in the run game, because uh, it's funny, when he got started here at K-State, most of his big plays were you know, him running the ball. Uh, now, really having developed as a passer, uh, he, he's got a little bit more of that as his calling card. Uh, but uh, the option with him running inside, inside the red zone is something I'll keep an eye on if they, if they lean on that maybe a little bit more than they did uh, in his time last year. Uh, one other thing I want to mention, too, was just the, the makeup of this group is you've got a little bit of space between folks. Howard's a senior, but he does have another eligibility uh, if he does choose. Rubley, a redshirt sophomore, Johnson, a true freshman, Laura, a redshirt freshman, and then uh, Knuth is a redshirt freshman. You have some spacing out, which is nice, uh, because I do think if, if Will Howard has a, a good year like I'm projecting him to do, uh, I think he's a likely. It's it's an option that he goes to the NFL draft, and I wouldn't uh, be surprised if that's uh, where he does look to go uh, with a good twenty twenty three season. Overall, I think when you look at this group, uh, you have to be excited. Uh, I think the big question is what does Howard do for an encore? You know, last year in about half season, fifteen touchdowns. Uh, can he make a run at 30 touchdowns, which would, which would easily break L. Roberson's uh, single-season record for 24 passing touchdowns? Uh, I think it's a safe bet to say that he does go over 24. Uh, I think anywhere in the, you know, the 28 to 30 range wouldn't surprise me for Will uh, with the opportunity to play 12, maybe 13 games. Uh, I expect for him to have a good season throwing the ball and for him to take another big step uh, in his maturation process as a quarterback. All right, so let's turn our attention here to the wide receivers and tight ends. And before we get into what uh, this group looks like here in 2023, let's look back to last year. Uh, when Dell and I, around this time last year, were, were taking a look at this group, You know, I think we said that if this group raised its level uh, in 2022 from where they were at in 2021, that this offense could really be tough to stop and be one of the tougher uh, offenses in the league. And while the overall group of, of collective pass catchers, let's call them, uh, did take a step forward in 2022, you could easily argue that that was due uh, to Will Howard kind of coming in at quarterback and taking over there, uh, but you could also argue, I think just as easily effectively, that uh, that was really due to the rise of Ben Sennett and how he emerged, uh, especially uh, during the stretch run in, in November. Uh, so, w- let's look at what this group looks like here in 2023, and you have to look at like what this team is replacing uh, with Malik Knowles, who uh, is in training camp with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he was the best wide receiver uh, we had last year by a fair margin, uh, and he definitely had that explosiveness that where he really shined his run after catch. Uh, losing Malik will be, a, will be a blow, but also losing Cade Warner is a, a bigger deal that I think most give it credit for. Uh, he was a really steady, solid option for both uh, Martinez with their connection uh, from their time at Nebraska together, as well as Will Howard. So when you look through the stats uh, last year, between the three wide leading wide receivers, all pretty close in, in terms of production. Knowles, 48 receptions, 725 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Phillip Brooks, who's returning this year, 45 receptions, 587 yards, four touchdowns. And then Cade warner uh, 46 receptions, 456 yards, and five touchdowns. So all really kind of right in that same, I mean, all within three receptions of each other. Uh, and, and then the yards uh, a little bit more tiered uh, with Knowles leading the way at 725. And, you know, while last year's group, you know, wasn't one of the top wide receiving groups of the Big 12, it provided enough explosiveness with with uh, Knowles and the reliability and consistency uh, that Brooks and Warner's had Uh, throughout the season was good enough uh, for K-State to win the Big 12 title and certainly played a big factor in that. So let's take a look at this group here in 2023 uh, as it stacks up. So Keegan Johnson transferring in from Iowa. Uh, As a true freshman, he had 18 receptions uh, for 352 yards in in some limited time there and uh, was injured last year, but is ready to go now. Uh, He had a pelvis injury uh, that is is supposedly all cleared up. Coaches and players alike think he's an all conference type of talent. Uh, where Johnson can really be special is after the catch. So, in some of those same ways, he's a little bit similar to Malik in that way, uh, as where Malik, you know, some of his best work came after he caught the ball and was able to make a couple guys miss and, and use that speed uh, to to run away from the defenders. He'll be te- he'll be. Looked at as the as the top wide receiver uh, to help pl- replace Malik Knowles' production, and uh, I look for him to to kind of come in and and have an opportunity to go out and get you know catch fifty some passes, have those seven hundred yards uh, to try to replace uh, Malik's production that way. Uh, Phillip Brooks been a steady option for K State out of the slot now for a while. It's a guy who's played a lot of football for K State, and uh, his addition. Uh, it, as a as a, in his development, I really should say as a as a slot receiver has really took off last year. Uh, had a really nice season. Uh, I'd expect Brooke to catch right around 60 balls or so for about 650 yards, uh, which would be a nice improvement from last year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if K State throws the ball a little bit more, as we mentioned with the quarterbacks. I expect that 60-40 pass or 60-40 run to pass split to be a little bit closer to 50-50 and uh, i think brooks will be a really solid option there uh, in the slots and you know brooks has played a lot of football for k-state entering the year he's currently tied for seventh in school history with receptions and is 255 yards uh, receiving yards away four receiving touchdowns and 227 all-purpose yards shy of entering k-state's career top 10 list in each of those categories so it's a guy who, when you look at uh, his track record in his career, has really been a productive player for Kansas State. So, uh, those are two guys: uh, Keegan Johnson, Philip Brooks, are going to be your two go-to guys uh, at the receiving position. Uh, of course, Senna and the tight end, as a tight end, who we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, but let's take it some other looks at who might be that third wide receiver for k State. Uh, a couple names here to mention. Uh, RJ Garcia, he got thrust into action on, on the biggest stage last year for K State in the Big 12 Championship game. Uh, after Malik left with an injury and didn't return, he caught a, a 20-yard touchdown from Will Howard uh, to get the Cats a 21-10 lead in that Big 12 Championship game. You know, last year K State was pretty tight with their rotations at wide receiver. You know, if we'd go empty, where you know we wouldn't have uh, anywhere anyone joining either Adrian Martinez or Will Howard in the backfield. We'd still often be in eleven personnel with Deuce and Senate being two eligible receivers. You know, others may go with five wide receivers when going empty, but that was rarely the case for Kansas State. K uh, State had more three wide receiver sets last year than they did in twenty twenty one, and uh, R. J. Garcia is one of the top candidates to establish himself as that third wide receiver. Uh, another guy that's right there with him, uh, I feel like, uh, as a potential option for that third wide receiver position, is Jaden Jackson. And this is a guy who I'd definitely keep an eye on. Uh, transferred in from Ole Miss, uh, had only two catches last year, uh, and those two catches were against Alabama. He's a 23-year-old senior, uh, having transferred in from Ole Miss. He's been around college football. So uh, for him to take a step forward, uh, now's the time uh, for him for sure, and that's a guy uh, to keep an eye on. You know, those are gonna, uh, I'm going to mention Garcia and Jackson. It's really the two biggest factors for that uh, wide receiver three position. A couple other guys I want to list that that might be you know an option here for K State a little bit further down the depth chart uh, are a number of different guys. So you have Seth Porter, made his who made his, um, who made his uh, name kind of as a special teams ace. He's regarded as one of the faster guys on the team. When Kansas State goes with a four or five wide receivers in in a formation, he has a chance to be in the mix there. Uh, Ty Bowman, who also has made most of his Work and made most of his mark on special teams. He does have a little bit of, bring something to the table in terms of an interesting frame. He's 6'5, 225, uh, so a little bit of a bigger target. Uh, and then we get into three uh, f- either freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Uh, the two true freshmen being Trey Spivey and Andre Davis, and then the redshirt freshman, uh, Sterling Lockett, who, of course, uh, of the famous Lockett family. Uh, Sterling redshirted last year and a quote from Kleiman here uh, as you look a little bit more into Sterling uh, he's getting bigger and stronger and learning how to play the college way uh, but I'm excited he had a great first year learning on scout team and you know, when you look at what he did uh, and that's the end of Kleiman's quote but when you look at what he when he came into K-State certainly a little bit light and undersized uh, but you, you don't want to bet against the bloodlines that he has uh, and I think that Philip Brooks has kind of taken him into uh, under taking Tyler or taken Sterling Lockett rather uh, under his wing. You can definitely see that uh, Sterling kind of turning into uh, a Philip Brooks kind of guy who who really makes most of his work uh, done in the slot. Uh, Two the the two true freshmen that I wanted to mention are Trey Spivey and and he was uh, in for the spring. He's the son of former Major League Baseball player Junior Spivey so uh, athletic genes are for sure prevalent there. Uh, 6'4", 203 is a true freshman, so it certainly has that frame uh, that you're looking for. I'd expect him to redshirt uh, this season and be a contributor here maybe uh, in 2024. Another guy, Andre Davis, uh, another big true freshman that was in for the spring. Uh, father's Willie Davis, who played eight years in the NFL. Uh, local, local kid out of Blue Valley High School. Uh, frame is certainly what you're looking for from a big fiscal receiver. Uh, you expect him to be a redshirt candidate and be able to contribute uh, here in the coming years. So let's look here at the tight ends now. Uh, ben Sennett uh, mentioned how he had a real big breakout here in, in uh, 2023, especially over uh, the last month of the season. You think back earlier in the season, he had that big game against Oklahoma. Uh, Then had a little bit of a lull before really breaking out uh, towards the the final stretch there in the month of November uh, when K-State was was gunning for a Big 12 uh, championship appearance. Uh, He took a huge step. Last year, his breakout game, as I mentioned, was against Oklahoma where he had four receptions for 80 yards and then had a bigger game against uh, Baylor where he had uh, a couple touchdowns there. You know, he had the most catches in receiving yards by a K-State tight end since 2008, and that was Jerron Mastrood uh, that he moved past there. He has a great connection with Will Howard, and I'm excited to see what he can do in a full year uh, with Howard at the helm. Uh, He's got all the tools uh, that you want in in a future NFL tight end. Outside of Ben Sennett, you know, K-State often likes to go with, uh, you know, maybe a two. Uh, tight end look, either down inside uh, the, the red zone or in short-yarded situations. Outside of Ben Sennett, who they like to move around, who, who are some, maybe some other options? And there's about three of them that, I, that I've kind of looked at. Will Swanson, uh, he played in every game last year. Primarily a blocker in those two tight end sets. Uh, he's likely the first guy uh to uh to be in those two tight end sets especially uh with his experience blocking in, in those cases uh but then two guys that are that are young here uh Garrett Oakley and Brayden Lofton um re- both redshirt last year um both out of the state of Nebraska Oakley out of Columbus Nebraska and uh Lofton out of Omaha Nebraska uh they both um you know probably another year away but uh, both guys, real big frames. Lofton maybe a little bit more explosive uh, with his uh, ability to run after catch, but uh, some guys that I think, you know, after a year or two in the program physically developing are going to be really in good shape for K-State uh, to be able to replace uh, a Ben Sinnott, uh whenever he decides to leave. Uh, but really, that's kind of the, the, the mark here for K-State. You find some guys that fit that athletic build to come in you know, 6'4", you know, maybe 210, 215 pounds. You add another 15, 20 pounds of muscle to them after two years in the program. And then by the time they're either a redshirt junior or after having some time in the program, uh, they're able to contribute physically. And, uh, hopefully you don't, you know, work off some of that athleticism that they had coming in here at 6'4", 6'5", 210 pounds. You keep some of that athleticism while adding some of that bulk. So, uh, to wrap up here on the wide receivers and tight ends, uh, overall, I think of any of the positions on the offensive side of the ball, the wide receiver position is probably my largest concern. Uh, Malik Knowles was a productive player for K-State, but let's, let's kind of remember that it's not like we're replacing a, a Jordy Nelson or a Tyler Lockett here. Uh, Malik was a very effective player for us, uh, but the, the ability to replace him through maybe a number of guys – Uh, and also with what Will Howard uh, can do in the passing game, I think makes it a little bit easier of a replacement there. Uh, If Johnson can step in and be an adequate uh, replacement for Knowles, we should be in in pretty good shape. In addition to replacing Knowles, the amount of depth at wide receiver and and tied into a little bit of a lesser extent uh, is certainly something that gives you a little concern. Uh, While Spivey and Davis both seem to have bright futures, I think it's a little hard to ask a true freshman to come in and and contribute right away. Uh, Garcia and Jackson are going to be your best bets to to take over that third wide receiver spot from uh, from Cade Warner. And, you know, if you can ask for 30 to 40 catches between the two of them uh, for, you know, 550, 600 yards uh, and replace uh, Warner's production, whether if it's just by stepping up with one of them or kind of replacing Warner's production in the aggregate. Some other things that I kind of think about with this group, is the ceiling maybe a little bit higher than, than last year? You know, another year of development for Garcia, another year of uh, for uh, Jaden Jackson to get acclimated to the Kansas State program. Johnson's potential may be a little bit better than Knowles. It's hard to say. Uh, you can certainly make the argument that maybe this group in 2023 has a little bit more talent than 2022, it's easier to look back at 2022 and, and know what you're getting with that group, just having seen it. But if you want to make the argument that uh, this group of 2023 has the potential to be a little bit better, I can listen to that. I would probably lean a little bit more towards 2022, just because uh, having seen that group. But uh, if you're high on 2023's wide receivers, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you too hard of a time there. When looking at the the pass catching group here as a whole, with the the quarterbacks or with the wide receivers and tight ends, I think the best bet for this group taking another step forward in twenty twenty three is just a full year of Ben Senate, uh, here here in twenty twenty three. If we can get the whole a uh, whole year of Ben Senate from from November of last year, that that would be that'd be great to see. But is it unreasonable to think that he could catch you know fifty or so passes this year? uh for you know 600 700 yards and be a big time target in the red zone. I you know I really don't think it is. I think he's going to have a great year and I think that he's going to uh really have a year that maybe separates him just from being uh you know a nice tight end in the Big 12 but to be one of those guys that could be uh you know a, a day 2 or 3 pick in the NFL draft. All right, so that'll do it here for the quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end portion of the quick pitch preview series. Up next will be running back and offensive line. Let me know what you think about uh, what we had to say about the, uh, the quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. Uh, I think the tight ends and, and wide receivers, uh, I think the, pass, the greater pass catching group for K-State is a bit of a concern, but uh, hopefully you feel a little bit better uh, about that group. Uh, after I gave you a rundown on why I think that the, sh- the um, I guess you'd say, the drop-off from what took place in 2022 can be a little bit mitigated uh, by the uh, influx of some new names, as well as uh, the continued rise of Ben Sennett. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you here on the next one. Go Cats!